It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby, science fiction novelist. And I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fount of pop culture trivia. All right, today we're going to talk about a couple things. One, we're going to talk about um, Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger. Uh-huh. And we're also going to talk about a movie of the week, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so uh, first of all, um, let's talk about uh, the... Cloak and, da- or Cloak and Dagger series. It was Cloak on, and Dagger, yeah. It season was on one. Yeah, it just finished up season one. Um, if you missed it, the whole first season is up on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You can also watch it on the Freeform app, but you have to sit through a bunch of commercials. Yeah. A bunch of ads on the Freeform app. But if you don't want to pay for Hulu, that's fine too. So So what's uh what's the the verdict after watching the whole thing? I think it was amazing, honestly. I well Amazing, strong word, but I thought it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the best Marvel series so far. I was, I was a bit surprised by some of the content because it's kind of a a, a teen targeted. Oh uh, yeah, series definitely. Um, <laughs> there's some stuff in it that I'm like, like I don't think teens. Yeah, watch domestic this. abuse and like the uh, what's her name? I can't remember the actress's name that plays a uh, Tandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays a uh, dagger. She. She was like nearly raped. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it, it's been pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, um, I thought it was really good in that they had the. I mean, what's kind of cool is uh, throughout the whole series. Okay, originally in the comic book, um, the the young man whose cloak is from like the streets. He's like got a bad neighborhood, all that stuff, and then she came from a more affluent family. In this one, they flipped that around so that the the guy who plays Cloak, the, the Cloak character, is more from an affluent family, and then she's kind of like living on the streets, and her mom's a drug addict and all this stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting how they flipped that. But then in the end, it kind of goes and does this reversal, uh, which is kind of cool. I really liked how they did that. Also, like they switched this from New York to New Orleans setting, mm-hmm. and they kind mm-hmm. of like put this whole uh, kind of spin on it where it's kind of like. It's got like this link to voodoo, yeah. New Orleans yeah. voodoo mysticism type stuff. Right. So they kind of had linked that that kind of element to their powers. And the, the kind of and the thing about the powers is, I mean, they get their powers from some kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a research station or something. Yeah, out in the water. some kind of it's some kind of gas type stuff that that rocks on you know rocks on the big evil corp from Marvel. Uh huh. Comics is uh, they're the big bad here, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they're drilling for all this stuff because apparently, you know, they're trying to gain power because that's what the villains do. They're trying to get power all the yeah, time. Yeah, they're always trying to get that power. <laughs> so, um, but the, basically, if you're not familiar with the comic book, it's like the the girl Tandy. She has the ability to uh, throw these glowing daggers out of her hands and produce them out of her hands. Um, and then he has, the cloak has the ability, what's his name? Uh, Dag, uh, oh, uh. I don't remember the kid's name. My, I forgot his name. Okay, so uh, the cloak character, anyway, um, he produces some kind of a dark 
energy that is like a void and he can teleport like yeah, places. Yeah, well... But they also have the, this other ability, which is she can make people see their hopes and then he can make people see their fears. Um, and he can like get inside their mind and figure out what their fears or hopes are. And then they, can, they learn toward the end that they can kind of manipulate that mm-hmm. as they're in there. Um, it's kind of like they're jumping into somebody's dream or something. It's pretty weird. Well, part of his powers is, um, and they don't show this till the very last episode, it actually happening, is he has, like, this, uh, his powers can, like, it's not just teleport and stuff, it, like, leads to this dark dimension. Yeah. And you finally see that happen in the very last episode. We're spoiling it here, so. Yeah, he, he, um, uh, reaches out with this, like, tentacles almost mm-hmm. like dark tentacles come out of his cloak and then and then just like grab a guy and suck him down yeah the sucks void. him into the dark dimension <laughs> so. so um but they're i think in the second season they'll probably have more like explore their powers even more because this first whole season was them just kind of exploring and if there's one drawback that i felt was kind of a, a little bit of a drawback for me was it moved a little slow as far as the you know, them discovering their powers and figuring out that they're supposed to be together, you know, that they work together well and all that stuff. It just took too long for me. Yeah, but you know, this it's the first season and it's mm-hmm. not like it's um, some 24 episode season. It's like 13 episodes. Yeah. So, um, my my only real, real uh, complaint about it, real criticism was they used like, pop music and stuff way too much like yeah. overused it and I yeah. don't have a problem with like pop music and stuff like that being it but this but is like when, targeted at teens I understand so. yeah but yeah. It, it, the problem is even even shows like that the problem is when it's just so overly used in almost every scene you got these really dramatic scenes and it just becomes really distracting during mm-hmm. those scenes mm-hmm. um, they needed to use a little more you know just orchestral music more of a score yeah. in some of those scenes instead of just constant almost non-stop right. pop music and rap I mean, if we take something like daredevil for example mm-hmm. as a as an example because it's it's again it's the same kind of thing it's a series it's marvel same universe <coughs> all that stuff um daredevil had some really good had a really good score mm-hmm. um and you know you can really hear it throughout the thing and also a series like Daredevil kind of delved into his abilities and his finding himself as a hero before, mm-hmm. you know, way early in the series. Whereas this one, it was like they were still like, I think even by almost the ver- next to the last episode, they were still like, am I a hero or not? You know, because mm-hmm. it was like that. They had that whole episode where they were talking about the, hero, the, 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 the threshold, you know, and the hero goes across the threshold, can no longer go back and become, mm-hmm. a, you know, not be a hero anymore. And um, that was kind of interesting, but uh, I just thought it came really late. It should have been a lot earlier, and then had more yeah, adventure. Yeah, Because I, I found myself at sometimes I found myself being like thinking, uh, there could be more here, but maybe you know we give it another season. But you don't want to do that with the first season show. You want to grab people's attention and like really pull them in. Um, I felt that there was some really good um, conflict in this the conflict and the stakes were really high because the cloak <clears throat> character he his brother's killed when he's a little kid and it's all about finding out who did that and then getting revenge against the person who did that and um and and then the girl it's like finding out 
you know, how her dad died and, you know, trying to get closure mm-hmm. in that. Um, but I thought that the, the conflict was really good. And then her mom is just, gosh, um, her mom is horrible. Yeah, her mom's pretty bad. But it's like, find out later on why that's, it's kind of understandable. Okay, so there's this whole thing going out through the series. Like, her dad was such a great guy and mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out why he was killed because he's such a great guy and then she finds out <laughs> near the very I think it was the second to last episode that mm-hmm. she that he was like really? not good he like no. abused, like hit his mom hit yeah. her mom all the yeah. time and stuff yeah. like he wasn't a good guy pretty abusive dude so <clears throat> um, her vision of him was completely shattered which you know that's that's kind of cool to have that's a good trope to do is that the the, the heroic father or the heroic uh, um, role model is shattered and you're like, oh, they're not really all that great. You know, they yeah. actually linked it just like in one line. They linked this to uh, the Netflix shows too because mm-hmm. um, there's a detective in this, uh, Detective O'Reilly, mm-hmm. and she mentions like that she was working up in New York with Misty Knight. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a link to Luke Cage there right. and the other shows. Um Speaking of her character, man, she, uh, so apparently she's, becomes this character called Mayhem, and it kind of sets that up at the very end, and, um, oh, her boyfriend, her cop boyfriend that helped her put this ex con, man, that was, like, one of the most brutal moments ever on TV, (laughs) she, like, goes and she's like, hey, I'm ready for breakfast, and opens up the refrigerator, and, like, his body, just remember (laughs) body, yeah, it's just, it's, (laughs) It's pretty messed up, but she kind of she somebody gets, went Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, <laughs> she gets exposed to that same stuff that Roxanne has been drilling for near the end, yeah. and like crawls out of a swamp. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently, she becomes this character called Mayhem, and it's like it's kind of like a superpowered Punisher kind of. Yeah. She becomes a vigilante, and apparently, you know, becomes like a foil for Cloak and Dagger, and they're right. constantly like clashing over methods because she's just out killing everybody. Right, and. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, we suggest you go watch it. It's watch pretty it. good. It's actually really good and entertaining, and I think um, sticks with the comic book pretty pretty closely. Um, as far as its uh, canon, it's pretty good. Okay. So the movie of the week this week is a yet another Tremors film. Mm-hmm. How many of these are? I think there's like five or six or seven of these things. Something, I, something I don't like know, that. Man. So Tremors: Cold Day in Hell is a new film that just came out. It's on on DVD. You can go rent it at your local video store if you have those brick and mortar stores. You can probably find it online somewhere and rent it. Uh, but okay, so we've got Michael Gross mm-hmm. who looks old, very old. <laughs> I mean, he looks terrible in this movie. Um, but. Okay, so the premise is basically that the graboids, okay, these big monster things that move underground, um, these graboids, like, are in the Arctic Circle now, and somebody's found a bunch of them up there, and they need they need uh, Bert, Bert Gummer mm-hmm. <laughs> to come and help fight these things. And so his son shows up, played by Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> And, yeah, and, yeah oh boy. of all people, I know. And, and it's just one. I tell you, let me tell you something. This movie has more metaphorical idioms 
than you will ever want in a film. And most of them don't make any sense. Yeah, it's like they just spew it out, and it's like it's like okay, there's one's like one more tax man, and my wind chime will be complete. It's like a sign in his thing, and it's like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of these bullet casings hanging down from the sign, and the sign says one more tax man, and my wind chime will be complete. Um, he's got in his in, and it. What's kind of cool though is that they go back to the original Nevada place where the first film happened mm-hmm. and, and you've got um, the old uh, general store that was run by the Asian guy yeah Chang's <laughs> Chang, Market Chang's Market and uh, but there's a sign like a neon sign in the back that should like read beer or whatever but it just says milk yeah this is <laughs> this is a Mormon run shop yeah um, so um, there's like you know some pretty gross uh, special effects in the film but they're kind of, you know, they're really low budget. Yeah, that's the saying. It's pretty gory, but, and it totally would have got a rated R, an R rating if the special effects weren't so bad. <laughs> they're pretty bad. That's that's the probably I the mean, only like, reason it didn't there's get a fake an R head. There's a fake head that's like um, the leftovers from one of the Graboid attacks or whatever, and it looks exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think they might have used an Arnold Schwarzenegger mold <laughs> or something <laughs> okay. for the head. Um, and just, you know, some of the terms in this film, like graboids, really, yeah. is that what you name them? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I still have a problem with that from the first film, like graboids. <laughs> and then they, they, then they have these flying ones called butt blasters. <laughs> Cause they take off by flaming fire out they, of their butt. Flaming fire butt blasters. And they're constantly saying butt blasters. They are. On there. Um, another one is, uh, I mean, like I just wrote down some of these idioms. There's just some hilarious a half bubble off plum um pilot says gravity never loses <laughs> um colder than a reindeer's ball bag <laughs> there's so many terrible idioms in this movie so um old Bert Gummer and his son they decide they're going to go up and help these people in the arctic circle and it takes them Okay, the Arctic Circle is like the 60th parallel, and they're in Nevada, so it takes them seemingly no time at all to get there. And they're they're in a plane, like a little little plane, but they they take off in the truck, and you're thinking, well, they're driving there. And yeah. It's like that's a long way to drive. Anywhere <laughs> they get the plane, they don't really have that information. Um, so, and then when they get there, what do they do, Richard, for recreation? Okay, we're we're hunting graboids that yeah, that will attack you if you vibrate the ground at they're all. They're playing horseshoes. <laughs> they're playing horseshoes with these posts driven into the ground. So like, you know, <laughs> one guy is like kicking a soccer ball around. Yes, it's like, do they even know how to hunt graboids? Apparently not. Um, so. Basically, they just and oh, and then DARPA's up there. DARPA's there, yeah, and they're supposedly like researching these monsters to use them as uh, bioweapons. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> DARPA is is the anagram for evil. <laughs> so um, the uh, there's so many funny moments in this. It's just really, really, big. and you find out that um, what was the deal with? Okay, so Burt Gummer. Mm. His uh, he's got somehow he got in the very first movie. Yeah, when he, he got like ingested by a by a by graboid. graboid. Yeah, he got somehow he got the worms uh, genetics or something inside his system, and it's yeah. been slowly killing him like all these years. 
and so now at the end of this, his like eye is like he's got this red contact in because his eyes like bleeding and stuff, yeah. and it's hemorrhaging. And so <laughs> there's like a couple of scenes where he's in a hospital bed. It's like the first one is in the hospital bed. He collapses while he's being attacked by one of these butt blasters, and then he's like in the <laughs> he's in the uh, <laughs> he's in the hospital bed. But I'm pretty sure that the scene at the end of the film in the hospital bed was filmed on the same day because he's not even moved from the hospital bed. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff from that happens in the middle of that where he's out running around. But I think those two scenes were filmed on the very same day because they look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so here's what I want to mention. I really think the directors of this film does not like women. No. Because he kills off half the female cast. And then they have, like... Brutally. Brutally. Then he has lines like, uh, uh, this one guy named Black Hammer. Uh, his name is Black Hammer. Black Hammer. And he, and he says, I named her Sally. And he says, you named her? And he said, yeah, I named her after... And next, Sally Soul Smasher. She's a, she's a B word that stuck her nose where she doesn't belong. Yeah, I think that I think that guy names all the graboids after former girlfriends that yeah, were really bad. Yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> it's pretty bad. And then there's this whole thing with like this one guy's like distracting him by peeing for some reason. Yeah, that's and, really... and there's like this line Michael Gross says, "Take out that disco stick and let it dance." <laughs> like I said. It seems like in this movie they just rec- they just all they do is communicate in metaphor like that like all the time and a lot of times it doesn't even make any sense. Like there's a guy that um, gets all upset and uh, he doesn't want to do anything and so Bert looks at him and says, "Take a couple of teaspoons of cement, harden the heck up." And he's like, "Okay." So it's like I mean it's like there's so many it's just it's just constant, 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 constant. So. I think the funniest scene in the movie for me was when the, the scene where they bang on stuff to get the graboid's attention, where the oh yeah 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 they're they're out there like there's somebody on what was it, it was like a drill station or something it's the guy that peed yeah yeah he was like up <laughs> on a no I think it was like a, a a communications tower something but anyway it starts like vibrating the ground and that thing's coming after him and stuff and um, so they all start they somehow they get like some kind of electricity thing that goes into the ground which if you know anything about electricity it's not going to once it goes into the ground it dissipates mm-hmm. so there's really no I mean they're they actually make a graboid explode by shocking it through the ground which without any wires under there to conduct the current I don't think it would really work but somehow it does okay so and, and like I said, I mean, there's all these, like, really stupid, like, that, that'll that close the carpool lane. Yeah, and, and yeah, like, Jamie Kennedy says that. What does it it's even weird. mean? I don't know. I don't know. even know what that means. Um, it's I feel like at the end of this movie, and they're all kind of laughing when they're all done, I feel like it's like one of those stupid 70s or 80s TV shows where they should be all, like, jumping in the air and yeah, freeze like, framing. Yeah, like throwing their hat up in the air. And... <laughs> it was, it was just really, it was just really bad. Uh but you know, it's entertaining. I guess I mean, we laughed. Sort of. Yeah, we laughed. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I feel kinda of bad for Michael Gross. I do. But but not Jamie Kennedy. This is the movie he deserves. This is um, the movie that Jamie Kennedy deserves. 
But there was a whole moment at the, at the end of it where you thought Michael Gross was going to die. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and then there's a look on Jamie Kennedy's face was like, oh, I got to make one of these without him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just really bad. So, okay. So, you know, if you want to just waste about an hour and 38 minutes, that's a running time. Uh, you have nothing better to do. Check out um, Tremor's Cold Day in Hell because it's really funny. All right, so uh, I guess. Oh, you know, you know, know what kind of side note? I think you know why they made <laughs> this. You know why they made this? I why think they made it? because Kevin Kevin Bacon was developing a series for the Sci Fi Channel, <laughs> like that he was gonna star in. Yeah. And the Sci Fi Channel, of all places, <laughs> passed on the series. <laughs> They passed on the series. Kevin Bacon's like, yeah, they passed on the series after I was developing it for them. Who's going to star in them? I was like, why would Sci-Fi Channel of all places pass on that? I don't get it. But anyways, okay, okay. I just had to mention that. Well, the Sci-Fi Channel, you know, they're the ones that basically tout things like Asylum and, you know, yeah. movies like that. I don't, and I, I, I can't Asylum. believe if it was so bad much. enough to where they passed on it, it's probably pretty horrible. It might have been pretty good, and they're like, this is too high standard for I don't us. know, though, because science, the Sci-Fi Channel has stuff like uh, Channel Zero. and Right, you know, yeah, and they are trying to move in a new direction mm-hmm. this year. They, they kind of rebranded, and they're, they're kind of trying to do more high-quality shows. You know, they just ended their run of um, 12 Monkeys, which was excellent, and they got mm-hmm. Channel Zero, and... They've got Krypton and now, mm. and there's a lot of great shows on yeah, there. Yeah, there's some really good so. shows on there. So um, maybe what we need to do for one of these episodes is uh, just talk about the new stuff coming out this mm-hmm. fall. But there's not much, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, as far as, like, science fiction stuff, there's, like, mm-hmm. hardly anything. Yeah. Um, however, we are going to be doing a new little segment on here because we, we do these movies, like, every week. But Richard had this awesome idea because what we're going to do, like, next week, um, well, next week, uh, well, yeah, what we're going to do next week is um, we're going to start uh, looking at what we call retro trailers. Mm-hmm. Or retro pilots. Retro pilots. We're going to do retro pilot reviews. Yeah. And we're going to look at old pilots from like years and years ago um, and watch them together. And then we're going to talk about them. So uh, that should be fun. So we're going to intersperse our, our what, you know, talking about movie of the week we'll do that every other week and then every other week we'll do another retro pilot we'll watch some pilot what do you think we ought to do for next week Richard I think we're gonna do Cop Rock <laughs> Cop, Cop Rock. Rock from Steven Bochco <laughs> it should be fun so until next week I'm Roger Colby I'm Richard Coots.